What to do, Mr. Wycliffe? Look, man, we are live. Are you ready to do this, brother? Yes, sir. Let's do it. KCTV, uh, giving you what you need. Uh, motivation, education unleashed. H-Time representing, we forever keep it rolling. Join the conversation with inspirational stories. Thought provoking, feel that energy. Kendrick Thomas aiming to lift the community. True indeed, uh, tune in, come and see. Uh, giving you what you need. KTTV, let's go. What to do, KTTV? This is KT, and you are tuned in to another episode. Now, I have on today's show the former super producer and the current principal of Crossroads and DA Fire SD, Mr. Tremaine Wycliffe. How you doing tonight, brother? Doing well, doing well. First and foremost, I want to give a big shout out to my beautiful wife, Crystal. And my lovely kids, Olivia and Addison, and what's up to my mom and dad. And then hey. after that, everybody else, how you doing? I'm feeling great. Glad to be here. It is. <laughs> I appreciate you for uh, taking some time out of the break, brother. We are on vacation. Um, and I do know how real it is uh, to get that time. So, man, I just want to say thank you for taking a few minutes out to just talk about our passion tonight. Okay, no problem. Yes, sir. So before we do that, I always like to jump into a uh, wellness check uh, because we know it's been crazy out here these last few years. So, brother, how are you doing? Um, and if you could sum the school year up in one word, what would it be? Roller coaster. Hey, <laughs> that's it, man. So, why? What's what's your main reason for that? Because then, uh, anytime you're in education, there's ups and downs, and sometimes it's fast, and sometimes it's slow, and in addition to that, you never know uh, where the winding tracks will take you. Hey, I agree with that so much, man, uh, because just being able to um, get in, you know, you go through where it was no staff, then you start to get a few people back in the building, you finally start to get some subs, uh, but then that COVID may just come back and hit you again. You know, some people are fortunate, some people are not, uh, but that, that staff is still a struggle, man, so I understand where you're coming from, brother. So one big part of tonight uh, that I was looking forward to was just talking about the work we do and how our backgrounds uh, help us relate to the students we serve. So knowing that you didn't just fall into leadership at a place like Crossroads, uh, as, you, as you use your background or your previous experiences as a tool in the toolbox, how did you kind of matriculate uh, into the person that you are and the leader that you are today with the students we serve? Well, for me, um, I've never had a true mentor, but I call it um, we, what I would say observation mentorship. So just because I didn't have a mentor per se, but there's a lot of great people that I follow just by looking at the way they carried themselves. Uh, actually, you know, Dr. Walter Jackson, Joyce Eddings, David Holmquist, uh, Vicki Shoppy. Uh, Gina Tomas, you know, uh, there's so many leaders that I've followed just by looking at how they actually lead their offices, campuses, and the district as well. There's countless others, but, uh, you know, Dr. Creer, but there's a lot of people out there that, you know, I just watch. And I've taken some things from uh, how they lead, and I put it into my uh, bag of tricks, and I use them. And in addition to that as well, I got to give a big shout out to my wife. You know, I look at her and the way she carry herself, and um, she helps me stay grounded. You know, uh, she'll tell me in a minute, don't bring the principal stuff home. 
Yeah, uh, uh, Mr. Wayne Wycliffe at home, uh, principal out there. But again, I've uh, basically built my leadership on the backs of the leaders before me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's one thing. Uh, you know, that's one of the questions I had for you. You know, as a person who does not too much have that that team. You know, you got your, the team that you put together, but not your assigned APs. Like, how do you not bring that home and you find that? time for that mental space or that family space? I think that has a lot to do with um, a good partner. In addition to that, uh, healthy, I won't say healthy habits because I don't eat healthy. (laughs) So (laughs) I I love to indulge in all things sweet and all things spicy. But finding finding hobbies and and outlets, you know, I love listening to music. You know, I, I love watching movies and TV shows with my wife. And uh, just reading upon conspiracy theories and things of that nature. So the bottom line is this, just having healthy outlets. Mm-hmm. And I think that keeps me grounded. And rest, yeah. lots of rest, lots of sleep. Ooh, look, man, I, that rest is something real. But, uh, but, but like you say, just simply taking the time out to even just veg on the couch, right, and do nothing. That's important. Man, you're thankful for those days. <laughs> so jumping a little deeper into our conversation, um, and just keeping it with our background, keeping it with the young men we serve. So research finds that juveniles who are repeatedly taken out of the educational environment, whether that's suspension or expulsion, have a greater likelihood of jail or prison. Hence our prison, uh, school to prison pipeline. As a veteran, how do you equip your staff with the tools to not only educate those young men, but to uh, conquer their recidivism that we see in our students? Well, for me, it just comes from uh, my mindset. And anyone that works for me knows that, uh, you know, I'm Joe Clark. I'm, uh, you know, all of that. So you have to follow my lead. And I have a strong background with working with at-risk youth. I'm one myself. I grew up in uh, Rismont, you know, uh, Missouri City. Went to Missouri City, uh, Willow Ridge. And so I've dealt with all the hardships of being an adolescent myself. And so when I got an opportunity to work at Hastings, um, those particular kids tend to gravitate to me and I identify with them. And if you just listen and talk to them, you'll understand where they Mm -hmm. come from. And so being in the business for quite a while, you you get to see the same stories, but different faces. And so what I instill in my staff, just like the great phrase from Chase, the right relationship is everything. Everything starts with a conversation. You know, uh, and I feel like because we're such small campuses, ALC, Crossroads, we get an opportunity to actually sit down and talk to these kids and figure out what is the main issue. What are the things that we can't necessarily correct, but how can we modify the behavior or think to, uh, tell them to think a little bit before they react? And I think that's something we all, even myself, you know, sometimes uh, I tend to fly off at the hat real quick. So I have to think. And, you know, it's, even though it's hard for me to do, it's easier for me to tell other students to say, hey, you know, count to three before you say something, you know, uh, choose peace before violence. And so, um, again, for me, I feel like it's all about the communication with those kids. And how do you find time to kind of push, you know, because like you say, you, you always have your frequent flyers, the kids who really crave that attention right in the building. So, but you at the same time too are the only administrator. So how do you make time uh, to pour into those kids um, with it not being a, I may, it may be a, like a negative interaction. 
You have to do it. And so for me, because we have to spend, I have to spend a lot of time in the classroom, you know, um, instead of just looking at the teacher, I'm actually looking at the kids. I'm looking at what they're doing, how they are processing, you know, what type of achievement are they, you know, acquiring in that particular classroom. And I talk to them from, hey, nice haircut to nice tennis shoes or, or your handwriting is great, you know, or at lunch, uh, why don't you eat your peas? Uh, you know, uh, I see you doubling up on chicken tenders. You know, uh, what's your top five rapper? Come on now. You know, um, what'd you learn today? So I think just building those uh, conversations with those kids daily, 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 daily. Not just one-offs, but it's something you have to do on a, a daily basis. And eventually, when you fall off, they'll follow you. They'll, they'll look yeah. for you. Yeah, there we go. And now the, the thing about that is, as we talk about recidivism and our kids who are the repeat offenders, um, we're thinking about the other side of that. And some of those kids, maybe, was it really uh, an expulsion type of situation, right? Um, or how quick are you quick to do this for the African-American kid or Hispanic kid versus their peers? And so as a person who works uh, with that population, have been doing it for so long, I, I know you have those conversations amongst the peers, man. And so when you're thinking about the the amount of removals for one race versus the other. How have you worked with other principals to combat that on main campus? So that was actually a, a big conversation we had in our spec ed meeting uh, on talking about uh, student removals. And I have to give it up to uh, Dr. Armwood and uh, Mr. Uh, Tom uh Those guys that work at the ASF building are doing a great job of working with our student code of conduct and trying to really look at some of those infractions that are level one, level two, and even look at some of those level threes and see what can we actually do different than a suspension or a sack. And so I think uh, that was important for them, but also I went back and I made a spreadsheet and came up with some ideas of some alternatives and I submitted that to the district. And so we'll see where we go with that. So obviously, you know, we're in transition, uh, looking for a new superintendent. Uh, we do have the amazing Gina Tomas with us uh, so far, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, when it comes to how we'll address that in the future. But for the most part, A-Leaf is doing a great job of not suspending, 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 unless we have to. You, are, you know, like I know, a suspension is a vacation. They're going to stay home. Yeah. They're going to sleep or they're going to hit the streets and get in trouble. So the more time we can keep them in school, the better. Amen. Now, obviously, obviously, there's going to be some level four, level five offenses that there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. But I believe the threes, twos, and ones, um, there may be some type of wiggle room, and we try to wiggle as much as we can. And now, if you don't mind, um, and I don't know if you can, but what are some of those interventions when you're thinking about, uh, uh, man, new administrators, uh, new people who can just take tidbits what are some of those interventions that you would recommend for them? Uh oh, I think we got to freeze, y'all. Y'all know how it goes down. Okay, so there we go. I, I believe uh, you froze up for a second. So mm -hmm. uh, you said interventions for new administrators. Yeah. So when you, when you think about some of those interventions that you submitted to the district, uh, can you give us a few of them off the list and uh, kind of explain a little bit about? It? Sure. So. Keep in mind, even if you have an office timeout, that's considered a removal. 
So um, whether it's in your office or a sack, that's still a removal, still pretty much like a suspension. So for me, you have to really think about your campus and what are the needs of your campus? Do you have a book room? Do you have a, a tech closet? Do you have, uh, you know, computers that need um, asset tags put on them? What are some different things that, you know, you can do a book study, believe it or not. I know you guys at the ALC are big on uh, circles. So, you know, there's all types of things you can do. Uh, conferences where they're actually um, collegiate, where we can actually start talking about the future, whether it's not only in college or maybe some type of, um, you know, post-secondary uh, situation, maybe the armed forces or, you know, getting a trade or things of that nature, actually talking to them about that, maybe looking at their transcripts. So, you know, instead of just being a punitive time where they're in an office or in SAC, use that particular time to either do some community service on the campus that's going to help the campus with sorting out laptops because of the one-to-one -one or, you know, uh, rearranging the library you know, or basically talking about their future, looking at the transcript, looking at their current grades, uh, you know, pairing them with their social worker, trying to find a job or things of that nature. So those are the things that I do um, and countless more, but yeah, yeah I think just having a good use of time is important. Now, not everyone can do that. Again, you have to understand we're a small campus. When you work in a comprehensive uh, campus like Elsa Cases or Taylor, when you have a, um, you know, a caseload of maybe six to seven hundred kids, that's that's not ideal, and so that's when you're gonna have to uh, utilize your counselors and your CIS and with other people, and and then for those frequent flyers, excuse me, those frequent flyers, those are some things you definitely want to you know do with them because they're gonna need it the most. When you think about leaning on on the staff, so coming in, man. Coming from Hastings, right? You got this full team. You get the crossroads. Did you have to go through the process of learning how to lean on your staff to create those results? Yeah. And it's called other duties as a sign. So, <laughs> so you know, when you work at a small campus like, you know, ALC or Crossroads, you, you don't have the autonomy to do one job. Yeah. So, you know, like I know being the system principal, you're the custodian, you're the counselor. Sometimes the counselor's out. You have to be the counselor. Sometimes the registrar is out. You have to be the registrar. Sometimes you might be in a classroom. Sometimes you, you know, you have to do all things. Yeah. And so um, I let my teachers know, hey, you know, this is just not one teaching gig. I mean, there's other things that, you know, you have to do or may be required to do due to the limited staff, but the big charge that we have to do every day. So, and you have to be upfront um, because if you're not upfront about this, you know, uh, you're going to have some teachers that are upset or, you know, they're going to feel like, you know, they got the whole bait and switch. And so, uh, again, being up front when you interview people, you know, people let them know that, you know, you're going to have to multitask and you may have alternate duties. Yeah, I feel like that. That's the same thing we do, um, like you said, just being up front because in that small school, you do have to switch those roles and you got to be ready. <laughs> you yeah. got to be ready any any time. I, I was yeah, my secretary was out the other day. It was real, yeah, man. So, um, but when we think about that education, um, of the removal, so we talk about a leaf, and I agree with you, um, that you feel we're doing good as a district. But when you're thinking about outside of, of other places, 
Now, who needs to be educated on that type of stuff? And, and where do you think the conversation should start when we're thinking about districts outside of A-League? I, I think um, the, the conversations need to continue and start in Austin uh, with SBEC and TEA and some of the folks that uh, make policy. Um, you know, I believe that all the neighboring districts, your Katie's, your Cyfairs, your Springs, you know, HISD, A-Leaf, we do the best we can do based on what's given to us. And so uh, a lot of times some folks that are in Austin are kind of out of touch with what's going on, or they may feel like there's a cookie cutter way of, um, you know, running schools, which doesn't work for Jack Yates, which doesn't work for Sienna which doesn't work for Cinco, which doesn't work for Aileaf. You can't line all those schools together and say, hey, this is how we're going to run things. So um, there, there, there needs to be more meaningful conversations. And I believe that, you know, Raise Your Hand Texas is doing a great job of um, actually uh, poking the bear and um, showing people how the sausage is actually made. So, um, you know, schools aren't just thrown up and we just teach kids the same way. But I think the conversations are happening. I feel like um, there's a lot of people that live in these communities that aren't in tune or aware of what's going on in Austin. And, you know, when you just see, um, when it's time to vote, you just D's and R's. And so no one's really paying attention to who's for education, who's for, who's not, you know, and even at the local level. So um, I don't know. Yeah. I and think that's where the conversation starts. How and um, that community piece is very important, right? Um, thinking about voting for the interests of not only the the worker in the community, but the interests of your kids and directing uh, education and politics. So, do you do or are you a part of any boards that is kind of working outside of the district um, into the communities, uh, just kind of setting up students for success? Then we got another free. All right, there you go, brother. Can you hear me? I'm back. Yes, we are back. Okay, okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> but do you uh are you a part of any boards or, or any organizations that um is doing the work of, of like a raise your hand Texas to inform maybe the, the community members of Ailey? So as far as boards are concerned, uh, I was part of an organization called the Platform Youth. And then I also worked with Higher Dimension Church, uh, and we did a lot of things uh, in the past. But um, you know, when you when you're on boards, you're actually um, following somebody else's um, dream. And I'm definitely not a dreamer; I'm a doer. And so, when you're following somebody else's uh, program, you, you tend to have to do what they're what they're trying to accomplish. And so I stick, I stay away from boards and I kind of do my own thing. I'm kind of a rogue in which, uh, you know, I've created my own uh, program called The Bench. And what it is is a, a business cohort, which we've been doing at Crossroads probably for probably the last six to seven years. And it's pretty much what I call a, uh, a business institute uh, where I actually stole the idea from Rice Urban League, uh, Rice Reap for their master program. Mm -hmm. And so what I wanted to do is I, I wanted to bring it to Ailey for my kids to show them, hey, there's other means and measures of uh, acquiring employment 
other than trying to be a basketball star, a rapper, an entertainer, or uh, anything that those are dreams. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with being a rapper. There's nothing wrong with being a football player. There's nothing wrong with being a basketball player. But if we know statistically, there's only so many seats in the league. There's only so many seats in the NBA. There's only there's only so many seats, you know, on a soccer club. Not that many rappers make it. Not that many people make it to Hollywood. However. All right, y'all, we, we're going all hard for um, internet today. We'll see That's if okay. we, so we go. There's a million to five jobs with the NFL, uh, NBA, uh, record labels, um, you know, soccer clubs, like uh, hospitality, marketing, business, finance, HR. And so what I do, what I do is I make a billion to five phone calls and I try to pair 10 amazing kids from my school to meet up with some of the GMs or CEOs of some of these major companies. And I was able to take um, 10 kids to Mountain View uh, to go to Facebook, um, YouTube, and it was Facebook, YouTube, and another company. So I got an opportunity to meet with everybody uh, in all the different divisions. You know, we've all, we paired up with the Rockets. And so they didn't get a chance to meet the players, but they got a chance to talk to, you know, the entertainment people, the marketing people, the art directors, the people in sales. And these kids got an opportunity to actually work the game. So you had one person who worked with entertainment. So what they did was they walked around with uh, the, the cheerleaders and they got the music cued and met with the DJs and they were on the floor. Then I had another group who worked with uh, marketing and they walked around with the marketing team and made sure all the kiosks were working and that all the proper advertisement was uh, scrolling as, uh, as as normal during the game. Then uh, I had one group that was in sales and they actually were selling uh, memorabilia, you know, and jerseys and things that were signed for like three, four, six hundred dollars, you know, to some of the hardcore fans. So they worked throughout a game day. And then in addition to that, they actually got an opportunity to watch the game at halftime in a suite. And they got a chance to eat all the chicken tenders. Come on, man. That, that's it. <laughs> Hold up, wait a minute. Okay. Mr. Brian Ching, who was the uh, star. Um, athlete for the Dynamos, who's now the club owner for the Dash, came by the school. He's an icon in the soccer world, uh, played soccer with my kids, gave everybody Adidas cliques. Uh, we were able to take the kids and, and see, you know, uh, the locker room. And it was it was a heartbreak for them because they said, hey, since the Dynamo. Them internet tonight is not playing with us, man. One kid since the Dynamos. Yeah. However, there's so many other jobs associated, and and that's what they wanted to let them know that hey, you can work here, you can work here, and you can work there, and so that was a wonderful thing for the kids to get that experience. Mm -hmm. uh, in addition to that, we did the Marriott Marquis as well, where we were able to take our kids, and they got a chance to uh, meet the CFO. Uh, they got an opportunity to go to the um, the, the bakery uh the marketing and so they got an opportunity to really just see the ins and outs of these companies and so we try to do it every year 
uh, to get these kids. We've done Sitco. We've done Paul Mitchell. We've done a, a million and five businesses. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that we do besides universities. Yeah. Exposure, exposure, exposure is the key, man. So um, great, great to hear all the work that you're doing. I want to say I, I interviewed uh, when Hungry Howie had the restaurant, and so yeah, he made pizzas and all of that. Yeah, yeah. So we we talked about that, man. Especially um, about that work with Coach Miller. He'll be on in a few weeks, man. Just been Coach talking Miller about is a A leaf icon. He is the, the man, the guy. He is that guy. <laughs> but uh, also another connection uh, is with Garfield. So Garfield uh, had the program called Artists and Scholars, and so me and him was working uh, over at Hicks uh, before I came over to ALC. And so when he I found out he was working with you, I said, "Come on, man, that that was something to have Garfield in the building, man." Uh, yeah, I have I've assembled the dream team over at Crossroads. Uh, Mr. Bright, he's uh, actually not Mr. Bright, Doctor Bright, Doctor Bright, he's a PhD, uh, Arthur. Um, um, lead singer of the Platinum Multi Platinum Group. <clears throat> excuse me, shy, smart guy. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, man. So brother's deep too, man. He's very you deep. <laughs> so anytime we get a chance to talk, uh, you know, it's just still about pouring into the young man background, exposure, uh, whatever we can do to kind of push that forward. You know, I, I think about, um, I just had to get it out for me just working with a kid the other day and being able to kind of show him, talk about stocks. He like, man, I want to see a dope. I got $500 saved up. I'm like, come on, man. You know, it got to be a better way, but who shows them a different way besides when we take time like that? Well, so. unfortunately, you know, um, the biggest influence comes from their um, their friends. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we just got to change the narrative. I'm actually, uh, in my old age, I'm starting to become more like uh, C. Dolores Tucker. Uh, when I, I believe in censorship, you know, there's so much poison that's being broadcast to the students uh, in the form of drill and gangster rap uh, and these shows, uh, P Valley and, um, you know, Black Mafia Life and, and anything that's associated with drug dealing and gangster this and that and this and that. And so, you know, and, and my family, we don't even watch those shows. Uh, I feel like there's other narratives that could be told. You know, uh, we, we've always had, you know, the Cosby show, Chico and the Man. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've had a uh, different world. You know, things that <clears throat> broadcast a different light. Mm -hmm. Excuse me for minorities. So I feel like <clears throat> we need to be very careful on what we give to our kids. Mm, in the form of media. Yeah, most definitely, man. Most definitely. Uh, That's important. Because they they are picking it up and and they are acting on it too, you know. And, and so it was just so much uh, being able to talk to their parent. Uh, but yeah, if we don't do something, they they gonna lose it because uh, everybody want to be a shooter. Yeah, there's a guy <laughs> named uh, he's a, he's actually assistant principal. His name is Vernon Thompson, mm -hmm. and he says, you know, all kids see is uh, rich thugs and poor graduates. Man. He said, we'll never be able to change, you know, the narrative until we start seeing, you know, at least middle class educators and poor criminals. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's all they see. Yeah. You know, on the Internet, what do you see? Every, everybody drives a Maybach. Everybody has a Rolls Royce. Everybody has, you know, uh, you know, a thousand gold chains and live in an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> it's a false narrative. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, you know, the, the, some of them, you know, as as they the new rappers come in, they're being more vocal. And so that's what I like. They're starting to say it more of it's a facade. It's entertainment, you know, but still people hear what they want to hear. They hear what they want to hear. Man, that's it. So thinking about now just the work you do uh, as the DAEP leader uh, and, and working with people uh, that you're mentoring. I know you're, you're working with us at AOC, uh, but I'm pretty sure other shout people. Shout out to saying, Mindy Robinson. Hey, big son. shout out. Big shout, shout out, out to Ms. Mindy Robinson. Robinson. No, she stay in the game, man. She said she was gonna be tuned in. Um, but as I get this role, first week on the job, you are now assigned to the mentor. What would you tell me as a new leader coming into a role like a DAEP? Number one, do whatever your principal says. <laughs> Number one, first and foremost, keep Ms. Robinson happy. Hey. She's an OG in the game. She she has the blueprint. I, I know you may know what you know, but you got to follow the queen. Got to. Got to follow the queen. There it is, man. N- number two, listen. Mm-hmm. Do more listening than talking. Yeah. And and that's um, an oxymoron coming from me because I do a lot of talking. <laughs> but listen. I guarantee if you just listen, you can get to the bottom of any problem. Mm-hmm. Come on, mm-hmm. man. That's no, it, no, mm-hmm. no, what'd you say? You had another one? Yeah, I, well, you know, um, <laughs> back to Chase. Yeah. You know, the, even though they hit us hard with those fees, but they said the right relationship is everything. Come on, and man. so building a professional relationship with your students and staff is important. Yeah. Now, you're never going to be the, the good guy. Never. You're never going to be loved by everybody. You know, uh, Mr. Chambers told me, hey, if you're not making somebody mad, you're not doing your job. You know, so, I mean, not everybody is going to agree on every decision you make, but you have to make the best decision for the whole school. Yeah. Now, I will flip that same question on you. And let's say it's not an assistant principal, but I'm coming in as the principal with no team uh, besides, like you say, the team that I build around me, but no administrative team. What are some of the pitfalls that you learned about coming into a situation like yours? Well, number one, are you are you new or are you are yeah you new, brand new, new. straight from being assistant principal? Yes, sir. In the same building? Uh, no, in in uh in a in a role like yours in DAEP. Okay. Uh, well, for me, I actually got to create my school, so it's a little different. Okay. But if I was coming into a building, the first thing that I would do is get a chance to learn the climate and the culture of the campus. So you're coming in, you're the outsider, and you have to understand, you know, one principal, one person doesn't make the school. Like, if, if, if your whole school is built around you, you're doing everything wrong. Yeah. Uh, you're... Yeah, we're buffering a little bit, but you gotta listen. You have to get an understanding of Boy, the internet is crazy tonight. I don't know if it's me dying on location. Cause not not every organization is perfect. Yeah. But you don't want to come in and you don't want to just like take the just snatch the rug out of everybody's feet. Yeah. You gotta come in and just, you know, observe. 
and um, make gradual changes. Yeah, my uh, boy, Dr. Snow came in. He said the first thing he did was came in and just asked everybody uh, if they could snap their fingers and, and change one thing, what would it be? And so he said he was able to work with teachers and create small wins off of some of those very conversations that he had. Uh, which kind of set the tone as he came in as a new administrator, a uh, new principal in the building. So definitely, definitely a strategy to coming in, but culture is first. You know, that's why I shout out to Ms. Robinson. Um, as it gets hard, uh, you know, with behavior, can get trying. It's just so many, so many things that she's doing to kind of keep us in those peaks and taking care of us doing these peaks to where those valleys come. We got things to fall back on. So big shouts out to her for that. Uh, I, I love that. And being a part that's of important. that, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's so important because, believe it or not, teachers get tired fast. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and rightfully so is because there's so much accountability. There's so many things that they have to do. They, we, they probably do less teaching than planning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and so um, there's just a lot on their plates right now. And so, uh, you know, big ups to anybody that's a teacher that is a teacher. If I could snap my fingers and give everybody teacher a center of alignment, I'd give everybody 30, 40 grand, yeah, you know, because you guys deserve. And, th and that would make all the uh, problems go away. But I, I feel like everybody's working hard. I don't, I don't really know one teacher uh, that's not working hard. I think mm -hmm. everybody is consciously trying to do their best. Yeah. Now, you know, I had to do this before we get out of there. When we think about people snapping their fingers and, and processes are better. Uh, as an OG in the game, probably more behind you than in front of you at this point. As, as you look at the future of DAEPs and the way uh, the enrollment is handled, the way the selection is handled when kids are being sent, uh, we talked about the numbers earlier. What is one thing that you would focus on changing that would be like the legacy to say, Tremaine, change this. If I could change anything, I would I would give ALC and Crossroads more teacher units mm -hmm. and more funding that's not based on uh, pupil uh, ratio, pupil-person ratio. I, I feel like, um, you know, we do the best we can do, but you know, like I know, it's impossible to have the greatest uh, achievement in the classroom when you're trying to mix algebra with MMA and multiple preps. And so I get it. You know, it, it takes a big commitment from any district. And I applaud all districts that are hosting uh, GAEPs because it is a, a large amount of money, large amount of funding for such a small group of kids and uh, staff members. So uh, big ups to all the superintendents in the Region 4 area and above that are committed to the DAPs. But I think more funding, or at least more units. Um, so, you know, we can spread out some of those classes and, and have more effective instruction. And then also, you know, just a, just a little bit more money so we can, you know, just have a little bit more resources. Man, I just think about uh, six months ago, how that statement wouldn't have impacted me as much as it does today, right? And being able to live inside of what you're talking about versus being on that main campus and saying, oh, I wonder what that looks like. Right. Man, that was, that was, <laughs> if it was ever one thing, trust me, from the inside, that's it right there, brother. So, yeah, we need to go and make that what happen. Somebody. Somebody. <laughs> Miss Thomas, you hear me? Hey, for real. Hook us up. <laughs> So, man, what's next for you? Uh, what's next for the for the schools of Crossroads? 
Well, um, obviously, uh, we're always working on, uh, you know, assessment, 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 assessment data, trying to improve these scores, uh, just trying to make sure our kids are coming to school. You know, you know, like I know our kids tend not to want to come to school. So uh, we create programs and uh, specialty events to uh, to count. Uh, have a uh, consistent group of kids to come to school daily yes. so we can hit them with the instruction daily so we can get some real good data. Yeah, It's kind of hard to uh, have collective data when you have kids who um, don't come to school all the time and then you're expected to give them the CBAs and they don't do well for whatever reason and no one can say, well, we're going to plug this kid out and plug this kid out of the data and our score is going to go up. Your scores are what they are. And so, uh, again, I think we've been doing very well trying to get our kids in school, and uh, that's working. So that's the concentration right now moving forward for us is pounding the pavement and hitting them hard with a lot of reading, a lot of purposeful writing, um, the math, concepts. Yeah. Um, just trying to hit them hard instructionally. Right it out, brother. Consistently and instructionally. And on, for man. me to be somebody who's at a DAP, I don't spend a lot of time worrying about discipline. I'm not going to lie to you, you know. They're not necessarily walking to the right, but I am concerned what they're doing inside that math classroom. And I am concerned what the math teachers are doing to engage those kids, not only just the math, the English, social studies, science, all my staff members. So I spent a lot of time concentrating on the instruction. Yeah. And if you concentrate on the instruction, all that other stuff is going to, it's going to fall in place. Yeah. People are engaged. That, that doesn't mean we don't, we, we, we don't ignore it. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we definitely um, monitor that, you know, as far as that little stuff, as, as far as the uh, classrooms concerned, I'm sorry, the hallways. But for the most part, we really are sticklers on the instruction. Yeah, that's it, brother. Well, look, man, I, I, from my last few minutes here, we've been buffering a lot. That sounds like it's God telling me that we need to go and enjoy this vacation. That's right. <laughs> so, man, uh, as we wrap up, man, anything that you want to give um, for some lasting words, man, maybe to new administrators, to old administrators, or even main campus administrators when they referring kids to our, our system here, man. What, 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 what last words can you leave me with? Uh, choose wisely. Hey. Choose wisely, because not every kid needs to go to a DAP. You know, there's a lot of things that could be done on the home campus. There's a lot of things, there's a lot of structures in place at the home campus um, that can really curb behavior. Uh, but in addition to that, choose wisely. There's definitely kids that definitely need to be at the ALC. There's kids that definitely need to be at Crossroads. And there's some kids that definitely don't need to be at either one. And so um, I always say think logically, not with your emotions, uh, not what they did to you or, you know, what was said or whatever, but really think, you know, is this the right thing to do? So... Again, we're going to take care of every kid that comes to ALC at Crossroads, but at the same time, we want to make sure that 
we get the right kids in so we can service them properly. It's not about packing a house. We, we you know, we, we can pack ALC and we can pack Crossroads. We can do it, definitely. We know how to do it. And we can, and we can run it. But if they want to be serviced properly, if you want those kids to really get the proper attention that they need, you need to send the right students and um, not pack the houses. And, and that's not saying, you know, let's push back. We don't want them. But at the same time, I've seen some kids come and I'm like, you came for that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just choose wisely. And yeah. again, had, had, I'm, I'm going to say hats off to Dr. Onwood and Mr. Tart come in. They're doing a good job of filtering and screening and, and making sure that the right kids are going to ALC and the right kids are going to Crossroads. And so uh, we got to give those guys a, a big shout out because they are unsung heroes in the background that don't really get a lot of uh, you know, applause. They don't get their roses. Yeah, there we go, man. I appreciate that, man. Great words. Uh, great clip. Give people to think about that, for real. We need that. <laughs> all right, man. I sure appreciate you taking some time out, like I say, of the break to come through and drop all this information. Uh, and I look forward to sharing everything we talked about with the audience uh, and, and getting this out, man, because great information needs to be heard, brother. So thank you for taking that time. All right. So uh, big ups to Ailey D, the Crossroads family, hey. the LC family, my wife, hey. my kids, my mom, my dad, my brother, all of that. So hey, that's it, Cooper, man. Miss Robinson. Hey, no she in the bill. Joyce Eddings. Hey. <laughs> Everybody. Dr. All right, Page. y'all. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dr. Page. No, she probably somewhere on the island. Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> All right, man. That'll do All it, right. y'all. This okay. is KT for KTTV signing out. All right. This is Darnell Broadcast Houston. This is Dr. Tamara Beckford. Hey. This is Darnell Broadcast Houston. This is Dr. Tamara Beckford. Hey, this is Candace. This is London Underwood. This is Kirsten Bass with Inner City Greens, and you're watching. Y'all are now tuned in to KTTV. 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 Is that right?